The following is brought to you by Braided Media. Welcome to Empowered in My Skin podcast series, Thriving Across Generations. A generation gap is commonly perceived to refer to differences between generations that cause conflict and complicate communication, creating a gap. However, at Empowered in My Skin, we believe that differences between generations can provide great insight, wisdom, and be positive and empowering. A big part of why we are doing this series is to amplify the fact that when we seek to understand and communicate with one another, we find more common ground than we likely thought existed. We are more alike than we are different through our experiences. We trust that you will enjoy this five-part series. So sit back, relax, and enjoy energy with our guests, Thriving Across Generations. And remember, if you like this podcast, if you enjoy this episode, Subscribe, like, and share it within your network. Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to the next episode of the Empowered in My Skin podcast. Today, we are continuing with our amazing Thriving Across Generations podcast series. We have another fabulous panel here today to talk about communications and technology and how that has shifted over the generations. But as you know, I also have a co-host and her name is Gabriella Mamone. Over to you, Gabby. Thank you so much. You never have said my name the same twice. I love it. You're all so different. It's fantastic. Today, we are so excited for this Thriving Thursday episode because we have a panel of beautiful people thriving across generations. So we're going to get to know everybody a little better with some rapid fire questions. But before we do, we do have a question about their day. So my question is, For everybody, one by one, and I will call you out. What was your most empowering thought for today of the day, right? So, Zakia, you're up first. Um, My most empowerful, um, empowering thought of the day is just having this conversation. Because, like I said, I do have a YouTube um, channel, and I just did a video about uh, old generation versus new generation and how it's a miscommunication. And that's what's causing this miscommunication is not communicating at all. So this conversation is actually really exciting for me because I don't think there's a, a disconnect. I think there's just communication that's not being had. I love it. Thank you for that. John. Which one? Which one? <laughs> John C., you spoke up first. <laughs> uh, I think my imp- most empowering thought today was just making the decision that I needed a break and walking away from the desk for half an hour. Ooh, that's mm. nice. Did you go outside? I did. Yes. It was raining. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice. The rain's nice. John R., yeah, I know. My most empowering thought of the day was just being grateful for where I am today. You know, I had the opportunity to travel downtown and, uh, you know, I'm just really happy with where I am with my life. That's it. Wow. I love that. Cindy. I'm just super empowered that I have my sister supporting sisters, which is another zoom call going on right now. And I just left them and I felt like a mother going out and leaving their children with a babysitter. And I was so empowered that I got to participate in this and this other thing still happened. Wow. So, that's amazing. That's, See, you set yeah. it up right. I love it. Yeah. And Mary round us up. 
Oh, yeah. So I had a conversation with a friend, a colleague turned friend today, and just the whole thing we've been working remotely for the last 15, 16 months, and me and this individual never met, and the connection we've built over like communication, texting, teams, all of that, and just being able to sit there and actually just talk of things outside of work. I thought that was, um, it was a nice way to end my day. I love it. I love it. So we are going to go into rapid survivors, Gabby. Yes, we're excited. We're going to get to know you all a little better. And we're going to start with the, uh, let's see here. We're going to start with, Cindy, our baby boomer, and then we're going to go to John C., John R., Mary, our millennial, and then uh, Zakia. Yes. <laughs> right, Zakia. Mm-hmm. Zakia, our Gen Z. Okay, are we ready? Everybody say, yeah, we're ready. We're ready. <laughs> so here we go. Cindy, talking or texting? Talking. Okay, great. John C., what is your favorite texting acronym or slang? I'm terrible at this because I usually type everything. <laughs> <in the space. laughs> you know what? That's what a Gen X would do, actually. <laughs> is there anything you would use in an acronym? I do use LOL. <laughs> do you know what it means? Laugh out loud. I love that. John R. What's your favorite emoji? Oh, the uh, winky face. (laughs) (laughs) You do that well. (laughs) Very well. Mary, our millennial. Physical or digital greeting card? Physical greeting card. Oh. Mm. That's nice. Mm. And Zakia, Mm -hmm. our Generation Z. Written notes or digital notes? written notes. I don't know if I'm the best um, of my generation to say this because I have been called an old lady since I was a child. Oh my gosh, oh, wow. But I still like written notes. I love written notes. <laughs> I do too, but it's interesting hearing that a Gen Z would prefer written over typing. That's really Me and my friend used to actually do that, still write written notes, and that was just a year ago or something like that. Do you write or print? No, uh, right, like literally, right. Cursive. Now. Wow, yeah. Because yeah. the schools don't do it. Like cursive. Yes, I found that out as well. Yeah. They don't teach like um, cursive or anything like that. We would have had to know that by the first grade when yeah. I was in school. We had so to write all of our papers in cursive. And now I yeah. print. It's funny. <laughs> that's me just too, so other people too. can read it. Yes. <laughs> and that's a really great segment because we are talking about communication and technology mm. and how it's evolved. So in Kitchi, we'll have our first question for the panel. Yeah, so as we were curating these questions, you know, this one came up so easily and we're like, oh my God, we got to ask that one. So, you know, I'm going to start with maybe our baby boomer. What and how would you plan a gathering with your friends? I would get on the phone. <laughs> I still have a landline, okay? Yeah. That shocks people. And so you just call them all? Just call them, yeah. yeah. And our millennial? Um, I would just start a WhatsApp group and just have everybody there and just go for it. We have a baby shower coming up on Saturday, and that's what we did. Just got on a group chat and, you know, figured out a date, time, was drinking what, and we're done. So we have both ends of the spectrum. Is there anyone else that can offer up maybe a hybrid approach? Text and talk. 
Text to talk. <laughs> I text to see if the date works, and then I'll call somebody to make sure we got the details right. I, I love it. And so I'm just curious because the reason why we ask this is because of, you know, how available technology is for us, but sometimes how hard it is for us to adopt it to do certain things. And so, you know, that sort of starts to take us into some of the next conversations that we want to have with everyone is how are we using technology and how are we losing, you know, our ability to communicate. So Gabby, I'll go over to you for the next question. Mm, yes, thank you very much. So there's different types of communication. So I'd like to ask our uh, Gen X. So let's say John C. What's your favorite form of communication and why? I would probably say a hug. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can wow. get so much out of a hug. But if I was going to think about actually delivering a stronger message than a hug, uh, it'd be verbal. I, I'm an extrovert. I love to just talk to people mm. in person, on the phone, whatever. But uh and and I'm I'm not necessarily the most patient person. So after three texts back and forth, I'll probably just call you. Yes. <laughs> it's good that you got to three. So with COVID, how did you do without giving the hugs? Were you okay? Uh, my wife and kids are here, so I'm, uh, I'm good. But I'll be honest, I, I, I gave my mother her first hug in 18 months uh, about three days ago. So... Uh, Oh, that's nice. Now, Mary, what about you from a millennial perspective? What's your favorite form of communication? Um, I'll be honest. I think it depends on what is going on. So I don't want to pass a message along. I just send a quick text, checking up on people. It's super easy. You're done. You can be multitasking. But when it comes to phone conversations, I like to be there. So I can't do two things at the same time, unlike many people I know. So it's very difficult for me to talk. But if I really do want to communicate, I like to get that, you know, that body language and like to be there in person with people and do that old touching and like to John's point, just give like hugs because it's they send a lot of messages, you mm -hmm. know, it's and that's one thing I miss. And I don't know if I'm going to get back to that with COVID and everything. Um, but yeah. We're getting there. Yeah, we're slowly getting. Together. We're gonna make that happen. I've been yes, hugging. Yeah. I've been. I've hugged a bit. So John brought up an, really something that actually sparked a thought for me, and and just putting it out there. If anyone wants to expand on that, but you know, he said after three back and forths, mm. you know, he loses patience and it's time to pick up the phone. Want to know if anyone, you know, just through your experiences, you know, how do you do that? Like I, I have seen more than three back and forths, and at some point, it's like, could somebody just pick up the phone? But how does everyone handle that? Just and I wonder if it differs based on what generation you might be in. I'm with John on that. I just, you know, after a couple emails, you know, those long winding emails where no one's communicating, just pick up the phone mm. or just start a meeting and just have everyone there just to kind of talk it out. I like the old trail of having something documented, which is why you always end up with, you know, messages and, and texts because, you know, you can screenshot it and say, but you said this or, you know, 5 p.m., where are you? Because we forget things and, you know, um, things we say we forget, but just having that, um, that verbal communication as well as just reaching notes. I was going to say it with me, it depends on the person. Um, some people I would just send messages back and forth because I know that they're probably not going to answer the phone, even if they literally was just texting me. Like my mother, she can literally be right by her phone one second. I call her and she didn't pick up because she then walked away or something. But if it's my friend, I might call them because it may be like a long drawn out message. But if it's on like Instagram, they have the voice messaging now. So you can do that as well. So it really depends on the person. 
I love that. All different oh, kinds of styles, yeah. eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think COVID for me really exposed, you know, the gap I had with my parents. And But I've recognized that, you know, almost a year and something later, we've closed that gap. It was getting them used to how to better use their phones, you know, um, introducing them to FaceTime because we never really had to FaceTime before. You just kind of see them and make the trip and this, that, and the other. Um, but I haven't gotten them into the voice, voice notes yet. I might have to think about it. Try I better. still don't like voice notes. I'll listen to somebody else voice notes and then respond to them in text. <laughs> I don't, I don't like it because it it's, it um erases after a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. and I don't like, I don't like that. <laughs> so oh, can, we, can we build on this for a second? Mm-hmm. How many of you actually have the notifications on your phone turned on? No, mine my phone will not make any noise unless you actually call me. So if you text me, it's not going to be till I notice. Yeah, same. Like, if you want me instantly, you need to call me because it's the only way to make my phone make noise. Yeah. I have all my notifications mm. turned on. Um, I have oh. everything. Oh. It just, How I'm do you sleep? <laughs> a baby. Um, you got so used to, you just, you just turned them all off and you just go to bed. And now the phones have a feature now. I don't know. I have an Android phone yeah, where the, the you sleep can... Phone the sleep mode and sleep mode mm. goes off. And if it's an emergency and someone calls you twice, the second time it rings, so you're good. Well, I just like to have, I just like to know, you know, I just like to see everything. Mm. You wake up and there's like, where do I start? And I get it. Sometimes it's stressful to be like, Oh my God, so many messages, but um, I have everything on. I turned, wow. I turned it off a couple of years ago when I learned that every time you're working on something and you look over, you have literally just mm-hmm. returned back. It takes 23 minutes to get back to the same level of conversation that you were just, in on that previous task but john you put your hand up yeah and i was just gonna say i do a combination of on and off depending on the application Mm. so you know things like whatsapp because i know that's a business channel for me and that's how i get communication so i i turn that on but i turn off all my other social stuff facebook linkedin uh, instagram i don't see notifications unless i go into those apps so I, I kind of, I, depending on what I'm doing, I will turn off certain notifications on certain applications and leave some on. But I think um, the messaging between what John C. communicated and John R. is almost very similar, right? Like the notifications mm. that I want are those that require me to take an action. Mm-hmm. And then everything yeah. else is, can wait. Everything and, else and, is browsing. Right. Exactly. But I think as a Gen Z, we kind of like filter it ourselves. So our my phone is always on silent. But mm-hmm. if I see a notification come up that I'm not going to respond to, it literally, I'm not answering it. <laughs> uh, but if it's something important, then I'll look at it. But um, the only time I get like anxiety is when it's like too many like direct messages to me, um, like on Instagram or something. I'm just like, I'm not answering that right now. It can't keep up. <laughs> The person would know I'm on Instagram. I'll probably send them a meme back, but I'm not looking at what you just sent me right now. <laughs> you're not you're not the average Gen Z, let me just say, because yeah, I've right. hung out with some Gen Zs and all I know is they're, <laughs> they're, they're on their yeah. phones. Sometimes yeah. I don't even know where my phone is, but it's kind of, I think it's because of my second mom, what people would call their godmother, I call my second mom. She literally doesn't know where her phone is most of the time her phone be dead and i think i picked up that habit so that's where i get that from (laughs) so gabby let's take them into the evolution of their communication you know Mm. um especially how that's changed i mean um you know and starting cindy you know with you 
Um, what, uh, how has your communication style, like as you reflect, changed over the years? Well, I think I've always wanted to be face-to-face with people. And in fact, when I was talking to a friend of mine about being on this uh, podcast tonight, I said, gone are the days when you could just walk to a neighbor's and knock on the door and just invite yourself in for a cup of coffee. Like mm. it just, we used to do that all the time. We used to just, we didn't have to phone. We didn't have to text. We didn't have to. So I think for me, it's gotten f- more formal as opposed to being casual. Like I wouldn't even consider dropping in at my sister's the way I used to years ago. Like I would just drop in for, for a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. And I think now things are more formal, more scheduled, a lot less spontaneous. That's been my experience. That sounds fun. <laughs> to just be able to, you know. Yeah, we used to do it all the time. I'm at, go for a coffee, knock on the neighbor's door. I lived in a little small town, and we just knock on the door. Hey, what you doing? Oh, come on in for a coffee. Everybody would sit down, have chitty chatty, you'd leave, whatever. Didn't think anything of it. I couldn't imagine doing that today. Mm. <laughs> just so imagine first, someone showing up. Do, at you, do door. you still live in the small town, or no? I'm in, in Toronto, Toronto now. Yeah. Mm. So maybe, maybe it's where you live. Maybe, 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 maybe. I don't know. You live in a small town. Do you do that? I, I live in a very small town. Uh, we don't walk in on our neighbors, though, but we, we do. We don't, we don't plan a lot of things. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> but but uh, yeah. I, I've always said the farther you get from the CN Tower, the more friendly people get. So Yeah, yeah. So, John, how about you? Just if you take into that question, how has – How have you, especially working in corporate and, you know, how have you found your communication style has had to shift and – pivot it certainly has adapted the last 16 months certainly has because of all the suddenly we're electronic everywhere i think the biggest change in my communication style i still prefer talking and in person and interactions like i'll always be that way i think i'm wired that way but i think i listen more you know over the years i've learned that uh there's more value to listening and you know I spent a lot of time talking in my younger half of my career, but uh, actually in catch, you could probably answer this question for me. How has my communication style evolved over the time you've known me? I would, I would actually concur with you have a desire to listen and to learn, but you also really do also like to share. And I've also noticed that you, you often wait to understand and then speak. That's a, that's a trait I admire about you. I had to teach myself that. Mm. Mm. But I still prefer to be in person. That's that's my pro- number one go-to. Yeah. Preferably with a Guinness. <laughs> John R. How has my communication style differed? You know, I I don't really know. I I think one of the things. Um, so you might not know the, this about me, but I was I was incredibly shy when it came to just communicating with people. Um, you know, you, you wouldn't know that today because I actually get up on stages and I speak and, you know, I get to connect with people. I run my own podcast as well. Uh, but in terms of, um, I, I think more than anything, what's changed in my communication style has just been me. And I think John C. kind of touched on this. You know, it comes down to us, right? Like, And our comfort level and our confidence level and how we demonstrate ourselves to others. And when we get more comfortable, more comfortable with ourselves, we become uh, more authentic in terms of our messaging. 
I think that's when your voice really starts to come out and that's when you start to be more you and that's when you can have any kind of conversation with anybody, mm-hmm. you know, and I think about, you know, your audience in Kachi, you know, I've spoken to your group a few times and I'm usually the only male on that group, right? <laughs> and it takes a certain level of confidence, or at least for me it does, to, to get in front of a room full of women, strong women, <laughs> strong independent women, and be able to share a message with them. So I, I think in terms of communication style, what's changed has been me and just my comfort and my confidence level to be able to get my message across. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, from a technology piece, I'm curious about uh, what technology innovation or advancement has wowed you the most? Mm. I guess start with that one. <laughs> yeah. The, the most, um, the biggest uh, wowing technology that has happened during my lifetime is the advancements that is happening with AI. Mm. That still is mind boggling to me. Like they can have AIs talk to each other now and have conversations and responding to each other and actually walking and running. And they're trying to develop them into like actual human beings. And that's very scary, but interesting. (laughs) Can I go next? I, so I, in terms of it, like technology, I think the one thing growing up, right? So when I grew up, the internet didn't exist, right? It, <laughs> it was something that kind of came along after lines. I know in Kitchen, you're laughing and John, so you probably know this too. The internet just wasn't a thing, right? It was something that we grew into and we, we, we saw the evolution of it. And uh, growing up as a kid, you know, the one thing that I found was really cool, especially in things like Star Trek and Star Wars was video. And being able to speak on video and everybody having this video phone in their home. So for me, the biggest transformation or biggest evolution has been video conversations. Mm. And being able to do it on a platform like the internet, you know, just having a, a network connection, which is free, right? Like we're not paying by the minute. And this is, you know, if you were doing long distance calls 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you paid by the minute. And now you can have a video conference call with anybody in the world over video just because you have an interconnection. So to yeah. me, that's been the biggest yeah, evolution. That is, that is kind of wild. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John, I, John C. Uh, I think it's the whole, I, I, don't, I, don't, I won't name one specific. I think it's the whole introduction of network social media. Because I think it's made the whole world smaller. Mm-hmm. Right? Like when I think about, <laughs> I don't remember the year, but you know, Facebook arrived sometime after the you know, the 2000s and the first decade of the 2000s. And I had a whole litany of people that I hadn't been in touch with because I'd moved physically. Mm. And suddenly the world got smaller. So today I would say I'm still very much in touch with people I went to high school with. But for about 15 years, we never connected. We never talked. We never, right? And it's it's allowed us to reestablish relationships that, you know, we're great relationships, but because of physical distance, uh, you know, so we, you know, you know, you know their kids because you see their pictures and, you know, it's allowed some of us to come back together physically because we know where they are now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of bridged and made the world smaller. I, you know, I got relatives in the UK that I had never met. And now through Facebook, you know, Facebook, I know exactly what they're doing, you know, when they're having fun. I heard uh, when John said uh, social network, everyone, I heard that there was just a hole. <laughs> that hit everybody. Is there anyone else that wants to sort of share 
you know, how maybe, maybe Cindy as a baby boomer, right? Like, I mean, John yeah. talked about the internet not being around when he was, you know, growing up. And I remember doing emails, the first emails, and being totally blown away. Like, look at this, it's on there. I was like all excited. One of the things that's, that's a little bit more personal is it's called an Orcam. My mom has macular degeneration, and it's, a, it's, it's actually sits on the side of her glasses, and it'll, it'll read to her, um, you know, small text in the grocery store. And what it's given her is freedom and independence and i think technology has That's done good. that for mm-hmm. in a lot of areas not just that area but i think that in and of itself give people freedom um to live more independently and i love that and i'm gonna put i thank you for bringing that into the space gabby i'm gonna put you on the spot here because you have ms and you've had it for some time you know how has technology advanced you know that space Yeah, so when I was diagnosed 17 years ago, I was so new and I was going through all these symptoms. And back then, whenever I would feel something, I would just, you know, write it down in my journal so that when I would visit my neurologist, I would, you know, lick my finger and turn the page and say, (laughs) okay, on this day, you know, I, this happened. And on this day, this happened. But as the years progressed, there's some amazing apps out there now. Mm -hmm. And so the apps, whenever I go through a symptom, I open the calendar, I can click, you know, is it, uh, you know, did I have spasticity? Did I have incontinence? Whatever. And I write it and I can comment on it. So, and I can print it out and bring it to my neurologist and say, these are my symptoms since my last visit. And so that's been very helpful from a patient advocate perspective. That technology for me has been great. I can even go online now and print a copy of my MRI so I can see where my lesions are and compare it to the one before, Mm -hmm. whereas that would have been unheard of in the past. So Mm -hmm. I'm so happy with the way it's uh, it's progressed with the uh, medical side. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that leads us to our next question. I mean, there's so much that can be done with technology to improve humankind. So I'd love for anyone to chime in here. If you were given $150 million (laughs) to spend on technology, how would you spend it? Mm. Can I go first with that one? Yeah, for sure. Our our, uh, Gen Z. I have always, ever since high school, I have been obsessed with solar energy. And I have been wanting to start a project that um, makes, I grew up in a community. So, like, um, everybody knew everyone. Everyone knew each other's children. And we all, like, shared, you know, the same type of uh, HVAC units and stuff like that. And I wanted to make that available for lower-income um, areas to have solar panel energy, but in that those type of community settings and make it even transportable to other other places. And that was something I always wanted to do. So I definitely will have on that project if I had that money. Well, yeah, so put it out there. Yes, that's a great vision. Yeah, putting it out right now into the universe. Anyone universe. else? What would, where do you think our technology can evolve to? Anyone have ideas? Sure, I'll jump in on this one. Um, you know, and actually, this is something I, I don't typically watch the news, but, you know, I, I kind of popped in the other day and I watched it. And, you know, the one thing that surprised me is that there isn't clean a clean source of water for everybody in this country, mm-hmm. in Canada, right? 
So if I were, you know, if I were to receive $115 million and, and be able to invest it in anything, mm. I think more than anything it would just be clean drinking water for everybody. Yeah. You know, just there's technology. I know there's, there's uh, some big celebrities that, that are out there trying to do that. Mm-hmm. I would just kind of add on to their cause and, and support them in a way to just get their to message across get to get, you know, clean drinking water to everybody, not just in Canada, but in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna, uh, you and I are on completely the same wavelength. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was where I was going too. So that's great. That's wonderful. Anyone else want to offer up what they would do? Thoughts, visions? <laughs> yes, I would invest in medical innovation. So right now, today in the world, you know. We haven't already get a cancel together. We're still getting into, you know, people are getting sick before they know that something's wrong. So some kind of technology that you just go through like an x-ray anywhere, you know, you're at a store, you just pass through and it's like, okay, there are things that are wrong with you. Go see a doctor, you know, that kind of technology or your doctor gets a, a ping or something, you know, just that integration of um, internet of things and just taking that to the next level to help us just, you know, get that walking MRI right wherever you go i think that would be phenomenal i love that lots of great ideas so what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna hope that y'all play the lottery (laughs) and uh and and to believe that we're at 30 so i have and i have a question that i'm gonna put here um you know, our second to last question, because we do have a final question for everybody. On our, on our last episode, we talked about words become things. You know, we, you know, the episode was about lifestyle and relationships. And, you know, one of our panelists was talking about how the power of words. And this being the episode of communication and technology, want to just delve into that a little and hear your perspective on what you believe, based on you know everything that we're, we've experienced in the last year and a half, what you believe the world needs as it relates to communication. Off switch. An off switch. <laughs> <laughs> Can you expand on that? I think we're overloaded with with information and communication now there's no ability to just disconnect like mm-hmm. even when you disk you know i could take my phone and say i'm not answering my emails from work but they're still flowing in mm-hmm. and unless i force the notifications to you know the visual ones not the audio ones to be off mm-hmm. you're still like you know the, the easiest way to turn it off is to actually leave it here and, and i've done that I, you know a lot of the holidays i take with my wife i leave my phone in my desk and leave the country Wow. Right, because it's the only way to create the off switch, right? And and you know, I don't subscribe to, you know, whatever you call it, the kiosk internet at the mm-hmm. resort or wherever you happen to go on holidays. Like I, I literally want to disconnect for mm-hmm. a week or two, and it's very difficult now. You're you're always on, you're always alert. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the people can always find you, except when you're in a kayak on the river. If you can, if you can, <laughs> if you can, I definitely um, feel that. Hold on, let me just ask, John, if you can think back to the first time you ever did that, because I interviewed a guest, Bailey Bailey Parnell, and she mm-hmm. talks about that a lot. She's the queen of um, social media and its distractions. And she talked about how the anxiety rate in people goes up when they actually attempt to leave their phone and walk away from it. And that's just to walk away to be able to come back. But that first time you did that, when you took a vacation and left it, did you experience any of that? No, I can't say that I experienced anxiety. Uh, 
you know, you know my career. Yeah, I'm always on call except in the role I've been in right now. But basically for the last 15 years, you know, something goes boom, my phone rings, right? Mm-hmm. And and so to me it wasn't an anxiety of not getting the message. It was a relief of not having to mm-hmm. actually worry about whether the phone was going to ring. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a it's a de-stressor, not a, not a stressor, at least for me, but it, it could be because of the nature of my job. Mm-hmm. And Zakia, you were going to say something. Oh, I was just saying, I definitely feel what he's saying about um, disconnecting because uh, during the time of the Black Lives Matter protests and things like that, I was still in college and trying to get through that. And I was taking, I wasn't just taking classes at my university. I was taking classes at uh, other institutions as well, trying to get all the credits that I can to finish on time and um, still applying for jobs, doing everything that else that you have to do as a um, graduating senior. And trying to disconnect at that time, it was very anxiety-driven, and it took, me, um, it took me to the point of almost breaking down like every week to say, I need to put this phone down. I can't look at social media. I can't look at the news. I can't look at anything because... It was it was a lot. Mm. That's interesting, Zakia, because you're part of the Gen Z generation, whereas John C was the uh, Gen X. I'm curious to know for anyone that's on the panel, whatever your generation is, do you feel the need to stay connected to your phone? Like, is it really anxiety provoking for you to put it down? Like, do you want to hold on to your phone? I don't. No, I, I don't. But sometimes <laughs> oh, you have no choice. Like, yeah. so, you know, like getting in touch with your family and friends, knowing everyone's okay. I recall a few years ago, we were in Germany for, um, we were in Germany for a couple of weeks. And as soon as we landed, my phone wasn't working. This was way before all the school things happened with um, technology and all of that. So I had to get a new device, but I couldn't plug my phone in. I couldn't reach anyone. And I just panicked that. My family was panicking because they couldn't reach me. And that panic just set off a lot of things. And finally, I got a device that was working. But that was that was back then. When we think about it now, it's I want to be reachable at all times because you never know when someone really needs to reach you. But then at the same time, you want to have the freedom to do other things. And it's 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 that it's that prison of uh, it's a mixed prison of I'm, I'm connected to my phone and I'm, I'm stuck with it because I can't be with the ones that I want to be with. Mm -hmm. Mm. Wow. Thank you for that. So hard to believe we've been at this for like 35 minutes. And so do you have the wrap up 30 second question wrap up for everyone to answer? And uh, the question I'm putting out is what does empowered in my skin mean to you? And Zakia, I'll start with you. Empowered in my skin means to me standing in your truth, standing in what you believe that your purpose is, and just going for it head first. Um, and that's that's what I believe. Um, and empowered in my skin means is going for whatever you think your purpose, your purpose, and your goals are. I love it, Mary. Empowered in my skin for me is just having that trust that I am able to do whatever I want to mm. do. Wow, that's lovely. John R? Yeah, so great question. Empowered in my skin, to me this time, means uh, human <laughs> connection. 
because uh, the one thing, you know, the one thing I've seen, not only through the work that you're doing through Empowered in My Skin, but just in general, uh, the connections that are made when we have conversations of value. And that's the one thing that it represents to me is human connection. I love that. And John C? I think Empowered in My Skin for me is is really you know, a great description for bringing your whole self to whatever you do. It's, it's, it's overcoming that fear of having to fit into whatever particular box, you know, people want to put you in and, you know, for years. And I give credit to a colleague of ours for unlocking that box for me. But, you know, for years I tried to be that typical bank, you know, white male bank executive stereotype. And, uh, you know, I fit all those goals from uh, or descriptions, but, letting loose and actually being empathetic and, you know, you know, being more of who I am from a you know, relationship to people perspective was something that I only uncovered in the last six or seven years. And I think, you know, that's a great way of describing it. I love it. Yeah. Beautiful. And Cindy. What he said. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just standing in my truth, being who I am and, and um, having faith that, the universe has my back and that gives Ooh. me to be who I want to be in the world. Universe has my back. I love that. Trisha. Being empowered in my skin is knowing that I'm a giant mm. and that I can walk anywhere, mm-hmm. anywhere in the world, you know, and, and nothing can, nothing can stop me. I love that. Gabby. For me, it means responding before reacting mm-hmm. we all have a choice make the choice wisely and stick to it and oh, empowered by it. that felt good thank you yeah. for that and thank you everyone it is wow just love sharing energy and thank you for yes. making a dream become a reality paddle number two was fabulous love it communication and technology you're all amazing and to every listener i know i know you're empowered in your skin but unfortunately this is where gabby and i need to say We're out. (laughs) Bye-bye. So there you have it. I trust you're saying to yourself, I'm fully empowered in my skin. And remember, whatever platform you're listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else that you feel can benefit from the empowering content that we deliver. As Tom Bilia says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been fun hanging with you. It's your girl and I'm out. <laughs>